0: So this is like best scenes or best opening scenes? That's what I thought, um, right? You're talking about opening yeah,
1: scenes? Uh, best, uh, I, I, I would like to say like best opening sequences because if you say best opening scene, it, okay, it would be that's like... that's
2: fine. Sequence
0: is fine. That's I actually don't... a good point. That's a good lead into the conversation. Maybe we don't yeah. have to have an intro. <laughs> best, sure. best opening uh, sequence. Because um, to me, one of the big ones that is like a very... Um, uh, uh, my personal favorite um, is is Once Upon a Time in the West. Ah, oh, you got it first. Ah, huh? oh, damn it. You beat <laughs> yeah. us to it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's the elephant in the room. And it is. The issue, it is. It's fantastic. Because, because I, I've seen, like, I've come across these posts online where, what's the best opening scene? And the problem is, is that the best opening scene of Once Upon a Time in the West is, uh, you can almost do a whole episode just on that. Right. Um the opening scene is amazing. It's a little slow until it gets going until he, uh, harmonica gets off the train. Um, but um the the set the setup and the credits and all that's great. And then of course, like once they have the um the showdown is great too. But then what follows it, uh, if you combine that with the scene that follows, with the bang, 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 like with the with the duh, like the 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 birds and everything, they're trying to hunt them, and then it leads into what probably is the greatest uh, villain introduction in film history, uh, Henry Fonda. Um, that sequence, that like that that twenty minutes, it's like twenty minutes or something. That's still fair. It's like that, That if you put those two things together, I don't think anything comes close. If you just go with the credit scene and the showdown, that's still amazing, but it's, it's, to me, it's the combination of those two that really is just haven't, hasn't been matched.
1: Yeah. And the, just that line of, well, now that you've mentioned my name or now that you called me, or now that you've said my name, you know, just, you know, over whether or not to kill the kid <laughs> it's like oh, fuck, okay uh, yeah it, it, it's just punctuated so well <laughs> uh, yeah. no, it, it, no, that that is master class filmmaking I, I, and that's also why, I, I, I mean I, I don't know if I'm really in the minority on this, but I know that for a lot of years I've been saying that once upon a time in the West is actually my favorite Sergio Leone film, even above uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I. <laughs> oh, that, that's
0: a that's a good lead-in because, um, and maybe we can hop movies this way. But okay. to, to me, like Once Upon a Time in the West, like that opening at it, it Borderline reminds me of, uh, and this is another one like uh, all time great sequence. It's, it's almost too good in, in the way that the Save and Private Ryan mm. opening sequences were the, uh, like, you're like, we're, we have nowhere to go. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's a, there's a bit of a dip for the rest of the movie. Um, but I feel like in, um, there's definitely a few other great sequences in Once Upon a Time in the West. It's not as problematic as Seven and Private Ryan. And even Save Private Ryan has a few battles later on that that do well i need to rewatch it
2: outstanding even though you're absolutely right about the beginning being the best part but still like
0: (laughs) yeah but but and i think what's unique about the good the bad and the ugly and i agree with matt i think we mentioned at some point that i think once upon the west is his best movie but but my or like my personal favorite is once upon them in the west but i think the good the bad the ugly is the better movie just history of movies Because um, there's a few sequences there that are also all-time greats, you know. Aside from all the sequences with the with the shooting of the rope and saving him, um, the um, there's the scene in the um, in the cemetery when Eli Wallach uh, is running around trying to find the grave with the music and the blurriness the ecstasy of gold uh-huh. oh my god that that's orgasmic <laughs> that's just yeah. that scene is like I, I you know whenever that song comes on on my on my phone i have to listen to it the whole thing and then of course the movie is running in my head uh, it's like every yeah. time i walk every time i walk in a grocery store and I'm, and I'm trying to find something but you can't find it it's like, I, don't need, I,
2: start, I
0: start walking around okay. and you that just, music you just made head. that a
2: lot funnier than it was a few minutes
0: ago. Yeah. yeah like i just have that music in my head and i'm like walking around and like i'm just all blurry all these like colorful products that i can't find what i'm looking for and I actually had an idea for like a short that I wanted to do in film school, like something about like, you know, somebody looking something in a supermarket and it was all like Sergio Leone style. Um, but in any case, yeah. And not only that, that's not the best part. The the probably the most iconic one is, is the ending, which is where you want your best scene to be, is mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a better shootout scene than the end of the The Bad and the Ugly.
2: It's pretty great. Mm. I mean,
0: like when they put that rock on the ground, that song you need to like watch that thing. It's like seven minutes. <laughs> that song is really long, and nothing happens. All it is is just like putting a rock, and then like stepping back. The <laughs> cuts, the this, the that. Like it's it's amazing. It just shows the power of of filmmaking, of of editing choices pacing shot selection i mean it's it's really that's that's what's special like uh, about the good the bad and the ugly that it's it's sort of like in the tarantino way is that uh maybe as a whole it's not as cohesive as a story but every scene is a home run and some of them are just all-time greats um mm-hmm. and tarantino definitely Definitely is a descendant of Sergio Leone. That's that's like the best part about most of his movies. I I think Pulp Fiction is where he really. Pulp Fiction is sort of like his Once Upon a Time in the West, where like he really just like was firing on all cylinders. But most of his movies after that are just great sequences. But the whole is not as. It doesn't hold together amazingly. It's just that he just really knows how to put a sequence together, you know, like the 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 one i can think of like my favorite probably is the the one in the basement and in the inglorious glorious yeah,
2: I was going to say that that one is uh, in a way almost better than what it's an homage to or, you know what it's what it's taking from
0: yeah that the the tense like the tension and stuff but but i will say like he doesn't um and then of course the opening scene with the uh, with the milk and everything um but but it's it's what Sergio Leone did with visuals. Tarantino does with dialogue. That's why I feel like Sergio Leone was the you know superior one as far as um, but but you know Tarantino has great dialogue. He's yeah. doing his own thing. So I respect that. Mm.
1: Okay, yeah. so since you already took uh, Once Upon a Time in the West from me, uh, I'm going to go for uh, Minority Report. Hmm yeah in uh, in terms of an opening sequence, and i I think I can defend uh, well, I don't think I have to defend that it's a good opening sequence. I mean, you know you're already setting up uh, 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 okay, you're starting off the movie with fairly abstract, kind of blurred images it's very subjective you're uh, you're seeing the future the way that we're supposed to see the future for the rest of the movie you're already setting up the world right away first frame and you're witnessing a murder in you're you're witnessing a future murder in a way that is projected as a memory and it's done so visually without anybody telling you what's going on until later on and you there is so much packed into this sequence that okay you're you're moving into that and you just get baseline information okay this is pre-crime what 2059 jesus i've seen this movie once a year every year for the last 20 years and i still don't remember if it's
2: 2059 (laughs) how dare you (laughs) (laughs) there
1: Chief John Anderton is walking through pre-crime. The ball drops. You know, okay, you know, you've got the the perpetrator, you got the uh, the victim. You don't have the location. They're trying to find the location. You're going through every aspect of what these guys do every day that there's uh, 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 that there's an imminent murder about to happen. You you're getting every bit of information that you need for the rest of the movie. And the the amazing thing is at the end of the sequence, it end it, through all that tension, through all that build-up, through I, I mean, really non-linear storytelling. Not, you know, they're actually telling you what's going to happen in the future while they're telling you what's happening in the present, leading up to the future and it converges, and it actually makes an argument for pre-crime in a movie that's all going to actually culminate into whether or not this is is the right thing. Like, you have to have that opening sequence in your brain the entire time. Like, you know, a murder was stopped in, like, mid-thrust of... Of the scissors. Like it it was stopped right there. If if Tom Cruise did not intervene, this person would have been dead. There is no question. Pre-crime worked. It showed pre-crime working. And then the rest of the movie is deconstructing pre-crime and whether or not it's ethically okay. And I mean I mean of of course the actual Filmmaking that went into that opening sequence was masterful. Uh, I mean, it's Steven Spielberg, it's Janusz Kaminski, it's John Williams, it's uh, whoever the fuck the editor was. It's it, it all works in every way, shape, and form. It's all built perfectly, but it also. Builds the rest of the movie. It sets up the rest of the movie, and you also know everything that you need to know on a baseline in a science fiction story to uh, to move along with the story, with the characters, with a minimal amount of here. Let's sit down and actually explain to you what the technology is doing.
0: <clears throat>
2: or I, I, yeah. I think that's one of the. Um kind of like key things to think about sometimes is like a lot of opening scenes and, and I mean I, this could be true for any scene really but it's I think it's especially apparent in opening scenes is that um, they may not be the ones that stick in your mind as like the most memorable the most flashy okay. the most amazing but when a when a filmmaker can dump a ton of useful information about characters story setting all that stuff and make it feel like it's you're not sitting there watching exposition in an opening scene. That's like really clutch.
0: Well, the, also yeah. Michael Kahn uh, was, was the editor, which I uh, mo- oh. did most of Spielberg's movies, <laughs> but, okay. but in any case, but, but yeah, and another good point I was going to mention about uh, opening scenes is that um, opening scenes are famous. Most of them, a lot of them and essentially telling the story of the movie in a nutshell. Uh, in a way, like like you say with Minority Reports, Spielberg does this a lot. Like Jurassic Park, what, what is the opening scene? Mm, yeah. It's about the cage malfunctioning and not containing the shoot her, shoot her. So, you yeah. know, the uh, it's basically a microcosm of the movie. Like it sets up um, what's going to be like it's like a short film of what the rest of the movie is going to be that's going to expand upon. Um, and sometimes, of course, it's just establishing um uh, Character and location, but but if, the more I've watched movies, the more I realized like, wow, this is actually pretty consistent. It's like at least fifty percent of movies, the the first scene is a microcosm. And uh, what's my uh Duck you sucker! Now Jaws too, yes, to some degree for sure. um Duck you sucker! There's a in the opening scene, mm-hmm. there's somebody peeing on a on a like heap of sand with a bunch of ants on it mm. and is basically saying how like the, the rich are like peeing on the the small guy. Cause the whole movie is about revolutions yeah. and how the, uh, the people at the top always gain from revolutions. The people on the bottom always, uh, yeah. So like the, a person peeing on ants is essentially a microcosm of the whole movie. So stuff like that. Um, uh, well, what about you, Jason? Do you have any memorable, um, sequences or,
2: Several, yeah. Um, I think easily one of the one of the um, <clears throat> very best ever is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: Yeah, the the opening. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one. We, yeah, we with, the, with the ball rolling, rolling the yeah. ball. Well, I mean, uh, are we? Because I thought like it could be just generally sequences, but I guess yeah. If we focus on openings, then we can uh, we can do another episode about. It. Because I did mention like the good, the bad, and the ugly about sequences within the movies, but um, well yeah, yeah.
1: I, I I think we were doing opening
2: sequences and then uh, it, it, well,
0: either way, it's yeah, fine. Either uh, way, it's not yeah. a big deal. Okay, <laughs> yeah, um, no, because I could
2: think obviously the um the the ones I wrote down as like my some of my favorites were Raiders of Lost Ark, um, Touch of Evil, and uh, uh-huh. and then um you know, talking about what, what Matt was just talking about being able to condense tons of important information into a one awesome opening sequence, um, Serenity, it has a fantastic opening sequence.
0: Mm-hmm. Um uh I guess the Dark Knight would also come up on a lot I was of gonna, this list yeah I was in the modern that. age.
2: Yeah. I mean um, we, we obviously have to mention for totally different reasons, um, Star Wars.
0: Um yeah, uh that's that's true. The the first one,
2: yeah. I mean you know, the ship flying overhead and all that stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely a big one. Ah, um, so we're focusing up. on opening. I'm trying to think. Up up is definitely a big one for sure. That's yep. uh very memorable.
2: I mean, it's like um, you, oh, could just, oh, you could just you could cut after up, and it's like a short film right there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I mean that that could have just been one of those short films that Disney puts in front of all their movies at this point. I mean, they're so, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that just ripped my heart out. Um,
2: if we're going to talk about opening scenes though, um, um, even though many of them are not great, um, you know, uh, the James Bond films all have an opening scene, and I would say that Casino Royale and Goldeneye are both very good.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Casino Royale with the whole black and white.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, well and, and, and and if you sequence, want to count as but... an as a sequence, you could even say all that whole first opening thing. You know, that it's pretty long, but it's good.
1: I think that. Casino Royale. You might actually want to. We might actually want to focus on that black and white sequence. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, not only as uh, just an opening sequence for a movie, but as an opening sequence for we're doing something different now.
2: Yeah. You know, like
1: just just letting you know. I, I mean, the last Pierce Brosnan movie came out. We're aware of the entire history of Bond. This is a new Bond movie. This is dark as fuck. It's grainy. It's black <laughs> and white. And you're just going to watch Bond slam a guy's face through a bathroom sink and break the sink. And uh, <laughs> and then murder a guy. This is what Bond's going to be for a little while. and it's just set up right then and there (laughs) and putting it in black and white is actually kind of an elegant way of doing it you know like if if it were color i don't think that people would have bought in as quickly black and white you're not used to seeing
2: it i think it was the right choice yeah it
1: it it was totally the right choice
2: It, it like
1: Grady, gritty, gritty, grimy,
2: mm-hmm. visceral, um,
1: <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I, I was going to make a joke when we first started talking about opening scenes and opening sequences, because I was going to say, like, um, I don't know if we were talking about just scenes or sequences or just opening shots, but I was going to say, like, I think the, the opening shot in 1917 is outstanding.
0: Opening shot. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing. I mean, it's technically not the whole thing, but.
2: Well, even <laughs> if it's only the first half, it's still it an outstanding. To, like, <laughs> yeah, it's still a pretty outstanding shot. Uh,
1: I, 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 actually was going to bring up Boogie Nights, though. Oh, I yeah, uh,
0: Boogie what, Nights what's the is opening definitely on that. a I can't, one. One. can't remember. Well, it's like the tracking shot, the the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah,
2: yeah. I remember now. Yeah. yeah
0: the uh, so... not tracking, but just like the uh, the cam shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, coming right. off the crane and into the club, and
1: mm-hmm. introduces you to like ninety percent of the characters in the entire movie, and yeah, does it in yeah. like
0: Very what seven ball.
1: six minutes?
0: <laughs> Although I will say, as far as PTA, I, I I think there will be blood. The opening sequence to that one is probably my favorite modern Where's opening mining? sequence. Yeah, yeah, like it's mm-hmm. it's like ten fifteen minutes before there's a line of dialogue and And again, the, the microcosm of the movie is this guy like chiseling away in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere with nobody around, chiseling at the American dream, basically. and um, you know, break falls down, breaks his leg, and, you know, finds a way to to get out or something. It's about him, like, you know, being in the, you know, metaphorically, and the depths of, like, you know, um, despair, but, but climbing his way up to success, like to, to live, to, to succeed. That, that scene is basically the whole movie. Um, Like that sequence. Uh, it's, it's really something special. And, uh, and I think to some degree uh, underrated because it's very understated. <laughs> um, sure. The, yeah, um, I, oh, I, hmm? I
1: think there will be blood is, Still, strangely underrated. Uh, just as uh, I don't know, you know, we're what? Well, we're more than a decade after its release. I, I just don't think that people are. I don't. I don't think that it's met with the same reverence that it should be.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I still feel that way about No Country for Old Men, which came out the same year. I still feel yeah. that way about a lot of movies, but uh, yeah, that sequence, at a visceral level, you should be able to just watch that scene, especially if you're in the cinema, and watch Daniel Day-Lewis, watch the images on the screen, and listen to the music, and you're stomach should be doing something to you i mean i, I mean you're it's it's not even about your brain it's just you're you should be feeling something that whole time you should your 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 shoulders should be tensing up you know like you should be shifting you should it, I, I If you're a human being watching that scene, it should be doing something to you at a gut level.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few other ones, like Drive is one that I can think of that had a very tense opening scene. Um, yeah. Also, Children of Men.
1: Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah.
0: The Coffee Shop. Definitely. Um,
2: um, yeah. The uh, um, in it, it's funny because you know you were talking about like the microcosm, you, you know, like the opening scene should kind of be like like the whole story in a nutshell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a very misleading opening scene, but a very very good one. Um, is uh, Scream.
0: Yeah. It came I up on some of these lists as, uh, it as sets you it. up. I barely like, remember it, but I, what?
2: Um, <laughs> Oh I, man, it's so good.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I remember it being inadequate. I'm just not a big horror fan, but
2: yeah. Um, you remember, um, the last really good movie that, um, Shane black made the nice guys. The one with, um, Russell oh. and Ryan Gosling, he, he got like this, like, long scene of the kid this like this this kid who's not even a character in the movie but he's like stealing a porno mag from his dad and it's all in one shot you know and he's going in the middle of the night this thing and then a car cr- he's looking at the porno mag and the girl on it and the car smashes through his entire house in this epic you know destructive car crash and he goes to check on the car crash and it's like you know it's the girl from the magazine he's holding in his hand and she's been flung out of the car and she's naked on a rock posed in the exact same pose that she is in the in the magazine and like and then she starts saying things that are like relevant to the story before she dies and it's just like a outrageous scene
0: that's no, definitely um yeah. these pop up again and again i mean you know some lists also bring up um um 2001 the dawn of mm. men oh, the whole yeah. thing with uh, oh, of course but that's a yeah. very long sequence but i guess that's true because the once upon a time in the west if you take those two scenes together we said like 10 20 minutes so yeah, yeah th- th- i guess it, it sort of works um for sure yeah. i I, I, think
1: um, the, I think the only reason why people like the three of us wouldn't bring the dawn of man up, you know, from 2001 is that it's too obvious uh <laughs>
0: well i know definitely i mean you know what i was gonna say is just like just the opening music <laughs> with yeah. the uh the planets and stuff like just that alone to me is one of the greatest uh, it's so audacious like it's just like i've <laughs> got balls you know yeah. <laughs> so it's like that, that that whole like I'm gonna like put this bombastic music and then I'm gonna live up to it like I'm basically challenging myself to tell you this is gonna be a monumental movie like you need to have some serious balls you know to put that kind of music and say like you know yeah and 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 then like spend the next two and a half hours living up to that you know it's it's just a uh, yeah, I guess the Pulp Fiction, the 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 robbery, the diner, the diner. I thought about like...
2: that. I thought about that. It That's so this is almost like a whole nother category we can talk about. But um that one and a bunch of other ones I had thought about are like they may not be the most memorable or the most incredible, but they use that technique where it's like you're you're starting with a scene that's like tw- in the middle or towards the end of the movie. And it's works really well as an opening scene and then the narrator or whoever, or if there is a narrator at all, sometimes there isn't, but then you, you rewind back to show how we get there. And then like an hour later, you catch back up to that scene again.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely, I wonder if um, it's part of the reason why he kind of ordered things that way is because that scene is so good and then you can kind of work your way to it and you jumble down the other scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Godfather um, Two comes up as um, mm. yeah, that's a that's a big one. I mean, we, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's definitely something special. That whole movie, I feel like, is one big sequence in some ways. <laughs> I Definitely, like so, like I'm sure Tarantino got to owe a little bit to that movie too. It's like what you don't realize in the Godfather is like those some of those scenes are so long but so captivating. Yeah, um, some of those sequences, which is like. Tarantino is big on that. Like, and then you go to film schools. Like, your, your your scenes shouldn't be more than like two to four pages, or like you know <laughs> two pages, unless you know how to write, and then they can be ten pages. <laughs> um, uh, if you know, can write
1: dialogue, it's yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: you were mentioning the longer opening sequences where you you almost question if it still counts as an opening sequence, you know, kind of thing. Two of those that I really love particularly because of the amazing action but also just that it's an awesome start to the movie but um uh john carpenter's vampires and uh true lies both have outstanding opening sequences they're just like 25 minutes long probably
0: yeah, exactly. It's like those openings that kind of go on for a bit. Um, yeah, I, I feel like in that category, I would also put uh, probably the the best uh, opening of a Marvel movie is the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, opening sequence with the music and everything. And um,
2: yeah, that's a good one.
0: Um, a Clockwork Orange, too. Uh, to, again, it's it's not a scene per se, but it's kind of like a whole sequence of how they set up the the whole. Um, crew and and what they do each night Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah Uh, it's yeah opening scenes are um are definitely interesting um one
2: that's um crucial not just because of the action and how it sets up characters and all these other things that we've talked about before but um the opening of team america world police like (laughs) with <laughs> the way it starts on the, the pup, the marionettes, and then it goes into the marionette, like it, it zooms out, and it's yeah. marionettes using marionettes, <laughs> and then that that scene. Not only is it clever, it really helps you as the audience go, "Oh, look at how big this is going to be!" Like you now, yeah. you see you see sets, you know, you see the world. Yeah, you're like, is gonna this be
0: going to be the movie?
2: Yeah, yeah. it's so, like uh, it's very impressive. I, it's very I, smart. <laughs>
1: I also love the alleged story about when they were screening it for the studio <laughs> and that first shot showed up and somebody just yelled they fucked us! <laughs> yeah, I
0: know!
1: <laughs> yeah. Just before they <laughs> pull out and reveal
0: the whole thing. It's like it's going to be a whole movie with a bunch of like puppets with strings. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie is quite special, for sure. If you want to oh, yeah. talk underrated movies, I mean, I don't oh know if it's God. underrated, but like that, that no, movie... No, I think it is.
2: I think it is. Like oh, It's uh, very, yeah. very special.
0: God, it. Oh, it's so
2: good.
1: <laughs> no, I... Uh... That, it's, that's, still that's co- it, it, it's still quotable for people who are over the age of 30 and have a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for, I think
0: uh, a few of Mel Brooks' movies um, had, like, decent openings where, like... I was uh, trying to think of Mel Brooks' uh, movies. The, the, the Spaceballs <laughs> with the uh, the nod to Star yeah, Wars all, and the shit yeah, that yeah. never ends. Yeah. <laughs>
1: See,
2: that's good, good. What What a good way to do a parody is to to do what the other one did and then say something about it. You know, like I, that's just hilarious. Like, or it, like that, that the, ship is so long. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> or the one with uh, the men in tights where they're like shooting, like at the village with the, uh, the, the, the fiery um, arrows. And it's like, why oh. is it every time that there's like, a, you know, another Mel Brooks movies, they have to burn down our village. there gotta be another way to do a, an opening credit scene.
2: Yeah. Cause, the, um, cause, uh prince of thieves had that where they they'd show a a name and then a, a flaming arrow would hit it and it would burn it away and then it would show another name and so on and so
0: forth yeah exactly so here they burned a village and they're like and the whole sequence ends with like <laughs> leave us alone now bro. <laughs> Something like that yeah you, See, at, a
2: uh, you know people don't talk enough about um uh robin hood men in tights you know i mean like i think that um you know his uh, his stuff like Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles definitely gets a lot of respect for those movies. But like Men in Tights doesn't get talked about enough.
0: Yeah, no, it feels like Spaceballs and Men in Tights are of the ilk that um, uh, like they're not as bad as Dracula. Didn't loving it that that mm-hmm. was just like a bit too much, too absurd. Yeah. Uh, but they're not they're not great movies. Um, for their own sake, like, like young Frankenstein, like, like, um, blazing saddles. Uh, they're just very good spoofs. Um, they don't go full bad, but, but they also are kind of silly, but within them, there's some great, like, you know, yeah. the like I said, the Dom DeLuise, like Godfather thing. Oh and there's like, some, and then Dave Chappelle was like the, oh, a chew. Yeah. Like, so some of the ideas there, like, you know, Uh, lend me your ears (laughs) like some of the jokes and and of course space balls uh to, for me, like even though I cannot laugh at anything in that movie anymore because I've seen it way too many times, more than any other movie <laughs> in history, probably over a hundred times as a kid, wow. uh, it, it's, it still takes the top prize for me for like the, the the quantity of jokes per minute is just yeah. off the yeah. charts. Like I don't think it's ever been matched, even in Jim Carrey movies. Like it's just so much crammed into like you got to respect it for that alone. Yeah. But but, but you're
2: telling me if you rewatch Spaceballs right now, and then they have that stupid, stupid, like, (laughs) third grader joke, play on words, where they get down to the desert, and he's like, we're combing the desert, and the guys are carrying, like, (laughs) eight-foot-long combs, and then they go to the black guy, and he's got a hair pick, And he's (laughs) like, you find anything yet? And he goes... Man, we ain't
0: found shit. <laughs> and, um, I'm sure you can't I would. tell me you don't laugh. At that. <laughs> well, if, if I were to watch it alone, I might not laugh. But if I watch it with the right company, you know, that yeah. might be a good challenge. Like maybe next time we, meet, we should watch it together. <laughs> just for that. We should do a double feature of Men in Tights. and. Oh, um, that
2: would be a good double
1: I, feature. I, I, I just love that in Spaceballs, they managed to sneak in an F word in a PG rated movie.
2: I don't even remember.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, like uh, The like, cancellation fuck, button? Yeah, even in the future, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nothing works. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, there's some
0: uh, really inspired um, comedy there. It's funny. And, and that is an interesting contrast yeah. to, like, the Jim Carrey-Mike Myers thing that's more actor character driven where, performance driven where this is just gags like left and yeah. right gags that just really work there's some performance stuff but uh, yeah yeah no and yeah Rick Moranis, like <laughs> it's just something else in that movie
1: what's the matter Colonel Sanders chicken <laughs> prepare the ship prepare the ship for a ludicrous speed. <laughs> uh... yeah
0: yeah, it's definitely uh like, <laughs> like long nights of watching those uh, Mel Brooks movies. And I remember like when I was uh, like, as I was getting older and I was, I don't know, talking to people about them and girlfriends and whatnot. I I realized like, oh, I guess like not, not a lot of people like him that much, like like his movies, like they kind of feel like when I would show it to people. They would just uh, they would just say that it's very like kind of wooden jokes, like just very um, silly and absurd and broad, but I really never felt like, I, I, I don't know how I always felt like it was one level up in all those other spoof comedies, even though there's some good ones. I mean, I, I like Hot Shots. I like some of those other ones, but, yeah. but, but to me, like, it's like four or five of Mel Brooks's movies, you know, nothing for me, as far as spoofing goes, nothing touches those as far yeah. as quality.
1: If you're yeah. not a Jew, you're not a comedian. Ah, that's
0: true. I mean, you know, technically, yeah, Zucker and like yeah, those are although fairly brothers are not Jews. <laughs> I don't believe so.
1: Yeah, uh, they're probably Jew adjacent or, you know, like, they, you know. <laughs> it's Mike Myers.
0: I think Mike Myers might be some something Jewish. I wonder, I, actually.
1: I, I, there, there, probably there's not. probably some Ashkenazi in him. Or, uh, I, I don't
0: Maybe, know. yeah. But it is it is funny that, like, if we really, when you think about it, like, Mike Myers and Jim Carrey like, who both, like, like basically ruled the 90s, yeah. um, both Canadians. So, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. All those Canadians,
0: yeah, yeah. Was, I guess uh, we went uh, off topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh,
1: you have to be oppressed in order to be funny, and uh, God knows Canadians <laughs> are oppressed right now. And uh, yeah. uh <laughs> well, <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> the Jews have always been oppressed, they're funny. Black people have been oppressed, they're funny. Canadians are oppressed, they're funny. White. Cisgender straight Americans are not oppressed, we're not funny.
2: Louis C.K. is very funny. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, Dumb and uh, Dumber for a comedy has a pretty good opening sequence, too.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Something with the uh, I think it's the airport and stuff, and
2: yeah, um, there's that, and um, I guess you don't really meet, um, uh, Harry until after all that sequence is done, huh?
0: Yeah, he's got like a whole sequence there. The like. furry
2: dog, the, the dog car, I and mean, everything. That all comes dog in car. There, but,
0: yeah. yeah. Hmm.